Well, back here with another Preps podcast. This is Kyle Nedenrip of the Indy Star, joined by Logan Hunt of the Mick Network. And, uh, Logan, we're starting to get into the uh, start of 6A and 5A uh, playoffs this week. Uh, always a fun time of year. The uh, temperatures have cooled, and uh, you know, I got a chance to see a, a muddy field for the first time in, uh, in a long time uh, this past Friday, watching Tri-West uh, beat Indian Creek in uh, Class uh, 3A uh, sectional game. Uh, 26-14 in that game but uh, you know most of these games Logan we cover are are artificial turf so it's kind of a throwback uh, type of game for me to see but uh, I think most of the almost all the 6A schools now around here are all are are all uh, artificial surfaces yeah I think for the most part they are but you gotta love uh, you gotta love the throwback playing on a muddy field you know, at the end of October. Yeah, you couldn't see the uh, couldn't see the numbers, and uh, it takes me back to twenty years ago, walking the sidelines in Southwest Missouri, and in uh, caked, uh, you know, jeans caked with mud, and shoes ruined, and, and all that sort of thing. Luckily, I was in the press box and uh, and stayed out of it for the most part Friday night. But good win for Tri West. They're going to be battling some injuries with uh, a couple of their key guys going out, but. Uh, 26-14, they won that game. And the fo- and Class 4A on down all started this past weekend. Uh, like I said, this has been a bye week for 6A and 5A for the most part. Decatur Central did play uh, in 5A, kind of a, a five-team sectional, sort of a play-in game uh, in that scenario. But Decatur Central gets the victory, and they move on into the uh, into the semifinal round in their sectional. We'll touch on that here uh, in a bit. But, but Logan wanted to start off talking about 6A. And kind of as you go down, look through the to, through the matchups, the pairings for this week. Uh, I think it kind of it kind of played out to where you don't have you know necessarily any you know any any situations where you got a, a two top teams in the state playing each other necessarily, but you do have some good games. And you know to kind of to start out, I wanted to look at sectional five in class six A because that is maybe the most interesting. Uh, all four teams are, are competitive and capable. Uh, but but Brownsburg starts off with Avon. Brownsburg seven and one uh, beat Avon earlier this season uh, pretty handily, and uh, probably uh, this is a good chance. Brownsburg did beat Avon last year in the sectional, and then lost in the sectional championship to Zionsville. Uh, but but this is a year where you have you know you have Brownsburg, Avon, and then Pike and Carmel uh, in that sectional. Carmel, the defending state champs. Uh, so so you could potentially have Brownsburg, Carmel next week. But both those opponents. Of Carmel and Brownsburg are dangerous type of teams. Avon, a high-scoring team all year. Uh, Brownsburg has been high-scoring as well, and uh, like I said, won the previous meeting this season. But you know, to me, when you look at uh, you know rivalry games, you know games that where teams know each other so well, uh, this one kind of pops off because you, you know that these teams really like to get after it, and uh, you know they know their their personnel inside and out. And I, I would probably give Brownsburg the nod here based on what we've seen this year, but. Again, Avon super dangerous, great offense, and if they can get a couple turnovers, I think could make this an interesting game. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, this is uh, maybe one of the premier sectionals uh, that you'll find in Class Six A. And uh, when you talk about Brownsburg and Carmel, maybe being the two favorites in their game, uh, you know the the margin isn't by much. Uh, Avon's a team with five wins this year that has an offense that can keep up with anybody. Uh, the question mark has just been on that defensive side. Can they slow down Brownsburg enough? And uh, can Brownsburg uh, repeat as, you know, sectional champs coming out of there now with, with the Greyhounds in that sectional? So I, I think uh, with these two with these two matchups that we see, uh, there's a little bit uh, an element of, of the rivalry there with Brownsburg and Avon. Obviously, when those two teams meet, you never know what's going to happen. This is a game that i have been looking forward to since uh, the regular season. Uh, when these first two teams met, I said, I can't wait to watch them in sectionals again. Because uh, you just had a feeling that they were going to meet up somehow, some way. These two teams always cross paths uh, to get to Luke Soil. So that's a game where uh, I, think, I think right now Brownsburg is, is riding high. Uh, so, you know, 7-1 and one on the season. Uh, have looked very strongly like one of the best teams in the state. Uh, but still, uh, a team that, that can always uh, falter against a rival. When you look at Carmel and Pike, uh, you know, you you might look at Pike and say, oh, they're three and six. But they they were very close to getting a fourth win against the Carmel Greyhounds earlier on in the year. I mean, that went to double overtime uh, with a failed two-point conversion there. I mean, I mean that was Pike uh, that was Pike really 
uh, showing what they can do offensively. They've had some very competitive games with the Greyhounds in the previous seasons as well. Is this going to be the time that they get over on Carmel? And obviously this Carmel team is playing uh, much better football than they were at the beginning half of the season. Their team that we always talk about just progresses, gets better and better and better. And come November, they look like a real championship team. That's what we've seen out of Carmel. Uh, they're a team that just have gotten better. So I, I think we're going to see two very competitive matchups between these two squads. Yeah, I agree. Pike is, Pike is again, you know, we talked before the season even started that they were better than their record showed last year uh, when they only won one game. And it's certainly this year at, at three and six, uh, they're better than that. You know, they're they're you know that's that's a situation where they've lost a lot of close games, including that Carmel game uh, in double overtime earlier this season, and you know just haven't quite been able to get over the hump and, and win some of these close games. Whereas Carmel has, you know, they've been able to not only that Pike game, but you know Lawrence North on a, on a last second field goal. Uh, so they, that's what kind of got their, you know, kind of got the ball rolling for them after a one and two start. <clears throat> now they come in with six wins in a row going into the sectional, and you kind of knew they'd get it going at some point. But definitely concerning, I think, when they got shut out by Center Grove, but have since uh, turned it on, kind of found their identity. I think uh, on on both sides of the ball, and you know, I can't wait to see how these how these two games shake out. Cause I think Brownsburg Carmel would be one of the most interesting. Uh, sectional championship games next week, uh, but but again, two two really good opponents. Uh, Brownsburg beat Avon 47-29 uh, earlier this year. Uh, I would expect that to be closer again. You know, Avon's probably going to need uh, to to turn over Brownsburg a couple times. Uh, Brownsburg, this is kind of an odd situation too, where their game last week was canceled, so now they go in with three weeks off. You know, does that play in their favor? You know, being able to rest up, or is that? You know, is that too much time off? You know, I guess I guess we'll find out Friday night. Uh, but but Preston Terrell, their uh, senior wide receiver, Purdue recruit, has been you know, really on fire lately. He's up to uh, 46 catches for for over 700 yards on the season now. And uh, Ben Easter is, of course, one of the better quarterbacks uh, in the in the area in the state. Uh, going head to head with Henry Hessen, who certainly doesn't want this to be his last game at Avon, uh, has had a great career there. Uh, of course, Blake Fisher, the big offensive line, offensive tackle, uh, Notre Dame recruit on that side of the ball, and, and Wallace Stovall's had a great year as well for Avon at, at receiver. They have a lot of good receivers, so you know it's it's a dangerous team. I'm sure Brownsburg. You know, you, you, there really is no great uh, sectional draw in, in that sectional, uh, but this is a it's a, a tough task for them. Uh, and then Logan, you've seen Carmel play. What do you, what do you make of the Greyhounds? Is this a team that can that can make a run again and and you know, maybe get another shot at Center Grove in the in the semi-state. What do you what do you think of this team at this point? Absolutely, I think the Greyhounds can. I mean, this is a, this is a championship level team right here. Uh, it's amazing what you know, a whooping from your rival can do to a team. I mean, yeah. really. I mean, this is a team that that turned it on uh, after that. Have really you know gone full throttle since ha- since that loss. Brad off a couple wins, and uh, I, I like the progression that we've seen from Osborne. Uh, at the quarterback spot, I mean, these guys go, can go through progressions a little bit better. Uh, still, uh, really like seeing kind of the balance between run pass that, that Coach Ebert and his guys have put on out there. Uh, there's plenty of playmakers on the outside. Uh, when you look at guys like Colton Parker, you have Baron Smith. I mean, you have guys that can get out in open space and they're gone. Uh, so that, that's that's a luxury that, that the Greyhounds have this year as well. And the defense has just gotten better. Uh, they've done a, a much better job, you know, swarming to the football kind of getting back to the roots of Greyhound football. So uh, they have the defense. They have the playmakers. It's a team that you don't want to see uh, late in the playoffs. Yeah, I had a chance to talk to uh, Dominic Padgen. Uh, he led them in tackles last year on that state championship team. Uh, came off an ACL uh, surgery in the summer, and he's back now, and he's playing. He played against Lawrence Central uh, a couple of weeks ago, and, and he feels like he's going to be able to uh, to make a difference. He's kind of on a – you know, it was on a pitch count sort of restriction number of plays, but uh, just having him back, I think, is is a pick me up. And that's a team they haven't allowed more than uh, 14 points in any of their last four games. Uh, so starting to play some better defense after struggling on that side of the ball a little bit early on. Uh, and I think this is a team that's it seems like they always are are playing better, kind of like Center Grove this time of year than they are at the beginning. Uh, of the season so that should be uh, Carmel and, and Pike that game again is at uh, at Carmel Friday night uh, should be a should be a great matchup uh, between two uh, Mick uh, teams in sectional five and th- again this is a different situation for Carmel 
Uh, going through the south half of the bracket this year, the uh, winner of this sectional uh, will probably get Ben Davis. Ben Davis is in sectional six. They open up with Southport, uh, who's two and four, and then the other side of that bracket of, of the sectional six bracket, Perry Meridian is winless in Tech with only two wins. So Ben Davis goes in as a big favorite uh, in sectional six. Kind of, you know, we expected that sort of no matter what Ben Davis was like this year. Uh, very winnable situation for the Giants, and they took advantage last year, uh, not only winning this game, but then going on and, and uh, you know playing uh, Center Grove uh, on in the semi-state. Uh, so is this you know what do you what do you think of the Giants at this point, Logan? Uh, sitting there at four and five, and they've they've shown they've kind of been up and down, but but more up than down here lately. They won their last two games, including a, an impressive forty-two twenty win uh, over North Central uh, two weeks ago or a week and a half ago. No, I, I think that's exactly what uh, I was going to allude to. Is the offense the offensive firepower is there for Ben Davis? Uh, we've seen. Uh, their quarterbacks progressed throughout the season as well. We've seen those guys uh, really take a nice step with Swanson and Patterson. And uh, we're starting to see them get get the ball out to their playmakers on the outside. I mean, we're seeing Dalen Carnell be utilized on the offensive end a little bit more. We've seen Rob Peters have some big games. You know, you have Donnell Mason out there as well. Like, you have some guys that can really uh, get going for me and can help open up the passing game. So I think this is a Ben Davis team that likes getting it done through the air. Uh, they, don't, they don't necessarily have to look for the home run ball every time, but they have that capability, much like you see sometimes from like a Brownsburg team or an Avon team where uh, that, that deep ball is always a threat, so you have to keep a safety deep typically. So there's a, there's a Ben Davis team that I think is going to you know kind of roll through sectional six. The question will be, uh, like you mentioned, yeah, can, can they win the regional? You know, whether it's Pike, Carmel, Brownsburg, Avon, you know, whoever they're going to be facing, uh, can they make that deep run to semi-state again? and find some magic there. Coach uh, Simmons always seems to kind of find a way uh, come playoff time. Yeah, and it's, uh, you know, it's interesting. Ben Davis has not played any of the teams that they will see in the sectional, but they have seen all four of the teams that they would play in the regional, and they were one and three against those teams. So three of their five losses came from teams who they could see in the regional, and none of those games that they lost were really that close, I'd, although I know – uh, the Carmel game, they lost 31-9 to and probably let some opportunities go by the boards in that game that would have made uh, that game a lot closer. But the first two games, Brownsburg and Avon, uh, not even close. 38-7 to against Brownsburg and then 54-13 to against Avon. But those were the first two games of the season. I think Ben Davis is a much different team now. Uh, you know, Line play at that point was, was not great. And I think they've improved in a lot of areas since that point in the season. So I can see a different Ben Davis team, uh, assuming we see them in the regional here in a couple weeks. And I think we will uh, against one of those four teams. And, and they did beat Pike uh, pretty handily by uh, more than three touchdowns. But uh, those other three teams, I'll beat them. And uh, that'll be, you know, so they'll probably go in as an underdog situation there in the regional. The other, uh, the other 6A and we'll jump back up to the top here in a minute. But it, it, also on the bottom of that bracket in, in uh, Class 6A locally, uh, Sectional 7 will be one of the more interesting storylines to uh, to monitor. Lawrence Central plays at Lawrence North. Uh, the Bears have not won a game this year, and uh, they play Lawrence North, which is 6-3. and three. This will be their first winning season for sure uh, since 2005, no matter what happens. But they have bigger designs on uh, this tournament. Uh, and then uh, Warren Central not hasn't been a great year for the Warriors two and five. They go to North Central, who is six and three, and uh, North Central has has probably not been playing as they want to be playing as they go into the tournament. Uh, but two interesting games. LC played Lawrence North close last time. Uh, I, I, that game always somehow seems to be close, no matter what the you know what the team's records are. Uh, but but Logan, as I look at this sectional, it's it's. It's interesting. It's balanced, and, and you know, it's it's hard to know, you know, what what the mentality of all four teams are going to be going in uh, to this uh, sectional. But you know, I kind of like Lawrence North as somewhat of the favorite here, even though North Central beat them uh, earlier this year. It just can you get over the hump? Can Donovan McCulley and and uh, Omar Cooper and this team, uh, you know, win a sectional title? They haven't done it since 1990, which is which is amazing that that. It's been that long, but uh, I don't know. As I look at this, I kind of like Lawrence North as the favorite to win it. Well, I'll tell you what, you said it looks balanced, but it almost looks like it was seeded 
Yeah. I, I'm not, I'm not going to go into that, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I think, I think it's, it's a uh, remarkable, I mean, if you would have shown me this, this, uh, bracket, you know, six to eight years ago, it, it would have looked, you know, drastically different. We're, we're used to seeing, you know, six to eight years ago, you saw Warren Central and Lawrence Central on top with, you know, Lawrence North and North Central kind of struggling behind. And now, you know, in the matter of just a couple classes that have come through, it's, it's all completely flipped over. So I think that's really cool to see, uh, to see teams, uh, you know, be able to really turn programs around and, you know, see the mighty fall sometimes. I think this, it's, it's been a fun year. And, uh, you know, I agree with you. I think, I think Lawrence North, uh, is probably the favorite in, in this, in this sectional. Uh, we've seen North Central on a little bit of a decline. Uh, coming into it, it seems like Lawrence North has a little bit more of that momentum. But that game against Lawrence Central is always close. I mean, this was a game that, you know, I'll be the first to say it. I thought they were going to blow Lawrence Central out of the water. And then, you know, the Bears came out fighting ready to go. I mean, that was a game that the Bears probably are looking back on and think that they, they should have won that game. Yeah. So, uh, you know, you know, you know Lawrence Central is going to gonna lay it all out on the line tonight. This, this is the season for them right here. You know, th- this Friday night, uh, when you, when you can't pick up a win during the regular season, and uh, really, it, you know, it hasn't been terribly close in a lot of those games. Uh, this, this is where you lay it on the line against your your township rival, so you know it's going to be a close one. Uh, and then looking at North Central and Warren Central, uh, North Central finally getting the best of the Warriors this season. I mean, broke broke a long streak there. Uh, it's a North Central team that came in with a lot of promise, a uh, team that you know returned a lot of starters. I uh, have got some wins, maybe weren't the prettiest wins, but Still, somehow, as always, Coach Kevin O'Shea and those guys figure out a way to keep winning. Uh, they figure out a way to find their way to the top half of the of the mixed standings. So uh, I think we're I think we're on a collision course uh, to see Lawrence North and maybe North Central again. Uh, but I think the question mark is still always going to be around the top playmakers, and that's Donovan McCauley and Omar Cooper. What are we going to see out of them? Yeah, I'd agree. In Lawrence Central, they've been shut out six times this season out of their nine games. But like you said. Scored 21 on Lawrence North and had them, you know, were actually leading in that game. So you just never know in that rivalry. Uh, but I usually you kind of go with the best players, and I think Lawrence North has the best playmakers, certainly on offense. And really, I think, you know, having watched them a couple times, you know, especially that Center Grove game, I mean, basically went toe-to-toe with Center Grove, you know, played better than them for a, for a full half. Um, so they, they're capable, I think, of, of – of winning this sectional. Uh, I think Warren North Central is going to be really intriguing. Can Warren move the ball enough? Uh, maybe this time off, you know, has, has helped them a little bit. They're similar to uh, Brownsburg where they haven't played since October 9th. So you go into three weeks off and uh, maybe that helps you a little bit, get rested up and get everybody healthy and ready to go. Uh, so that, I think that game's intriguing, even though, you know, North Central won the, uh, the first game of the year, 10 to nothing. Uh, you know, that, that will be, I think a really intriguing game as well. So that that sectional, I thought even at the beginning of the year, uh, looked really interesting. I think Lawrence North, even though they lost to North Central, uh, is is really capable of, of doing it this year, and and probably got about as good a draw. Even though they have to play their rival, uh, they get a chance to uh, you know to to move on, uh, and should be should should feel good about that opening game, and then uh, you know get a tougher matchup probably next week. But you just never know. All four of those teams. Uh, know each other super well as most sectional foes do and then you drop down the winner of this sectional will probably get center grove more more than likely center grove nine and oh they go to columbus north the columbus north a good solid program at six and two uh, and then the other the other side of that columbus east uh, has moved up uh, due to the tradition factor success factor uh, they're seven and two and they go to one and eight uh, franklin central on friday night uh, hard to uh, look at anybody else, uh, Logan, other than Center <laughs> Grove <laughs> winning this one. Uh, they've just been so good all year. And, you know, I've been pushed a couple times, and I've had a chance to see him play uh, in both those games and, you know, came back and beat Lawrence North in uh, really a dominant performance in the second half and then got a little bit fortunate. You know, they got a big stop against Cathedral, uh, a fourth down stop. They were basically one yard away from losing that game. And then uh, march right down the field and, and beat Cathedral. Taven Jackson, kind of after he struggled for some of that game, uh, put together a great drive. They beat Cathedral in a in a really a fun game. I it was a blast covering that game, seventeen thirteen, uh, to beat Cathedral. So they've been tested the last two weeks, uh, whereas the first seven weeks 
uh, not so much. <laughs> so uh, I think, but I think it's a good thing they went through this, and, and I think that'll make them even better uh, for the tournament. They know they can be beat, even though it hasn't happened. They've been, they've, it's been close a couple times now. Well, I'm just, I'm just glad that uh, you know this is something that that we are almost accepting is that we're just you know saying Center Grove more than likely is coming through this sectional. You know, I mean Columbus North, Columbus East are both both great programs down there, but. Uh, it looks like Center Grove just has too much uh, for that sectional. Now, looking forward to regional, semi-state, state, you know, it's kind of up for grabs at that point. They're going to be seeing some teams that did test them possibly throughout the year and have seen them already this year as well. It's always tough to beat a team twice, you know. We always say uh, you got you got to win your conference twice if you're going to win state. So uh, that's always tough to do. But we talked about it in the earlier podcast and the earlier episodes that we had this season. You know, there was talks of Center Grove being – you know, are they the greatest team ever? Are they the greatest Center Grove team ever? Are they one of the top ten teams of the decade? Or you know, we, we were you know putting out all of these accolades for them, you know, before they had won state yet, and and we did. We we said, you know, hey, this Center Grove team is going to be tested at some point. Like all of the greats before them, even the best teams that you have ever seen, you know, the Ben Davis teams in the '90s, the Warren Central Four P teams, any of those teams, there was always a game or multiple games where those teams were tested. I mean, it, it came down to the wire. And that's exactly what we saw these last two weeks with Lawrence North and Cathedral, two teams that could put up points and their defense held strong enough. I mean, these are teams that have the athletes to get it done against Center Grove. I mean, this is something that I think is going to be even better for Center Grove now entering the tournament, already having a couple of those games under their belt. You know, you may say, oh, they look vulnerable. They look like a team that, you know, could lose. And, yeah, you know, maybe that is true. But they're still nine and zero in the favor. That's what that's what championship teams do is they pull it out when they need to. They can come from behind when they need to. They can make the stop on fourth and one when they need to. Yeah, and I I thought it was impressive that you know even when they got the stop, you know you still didn't. They hadn't really moved. The, they'd moved the ball some, but hadn't been able to finish drives. Even Austin Watson, you know, missed a thirty yard field goal. Uh, uncharacteristic. Yeah, very uncharacteristic. I mean, and he and he can hit them from fifty plus. You know, <laughs> so. You know, and it, so I think things went against them that don't normally go against them. They still found a way uh, to win that game against a Cathedral team that is that is just really, really good as well. And I thought they neutralized uh, McCahill pretty well uh, in that game. Uh, you know, defensively, they were as, as good as advertised. Offensively, I think they can play better, and they have played better uh, throughout the course of the season. But, again, that was a really I, – I, I walked away from that game thinking, well, that – you know, it, it was it wasn't so much what Center Grove didn't do. Uh, Cathedral just is really good, and they were. I think we'll be kicking themselves. I know Bill Peebles, you know, the fourth and one call uh, to uh, run wide. Uh, he was already apologizing to his team for that after the game. They felt like they probably should have ran uh, Jake Langdon, uh, who was running pretty well on that drive uh, on the fourth and one play. Uh, but again, that's you know, in in the moment. You know, he made the call he thought he needed to. Center Grove turned that Camden Jordan run back inside where uh, Caden Curry was waiting, and he doesn't miss very many tackles. So uh, he's he's one of the best I've seen on the defensive line. He's just so fast, and uh, you know the way he gobbles up ground. It kind of reminds me a different position, but the way Cam McGrone at uh, Lawrence Central, oh, yeah. uh, he he would just explode to the quarterback. And, and, you know, different type of player, obviously, different position, but it reminds me of that, the way he can he can gobble up ground so quickly. Uh, you know, it reminds me of Cam McGrone. But that's just – that center growth team, you know, is you, – you have to win it to be considered one of the best, and there's still a few wins away from that. But uh, nothing I've seen the last two weeks – you know, I, I thought the teams they played had good game plans. Uh, Lawrence North in the first half played about as perfect of a half, just limiting possessions, uh, chewing up the clock, and uh, getting stops when they had to. And, and in that game, Center Grove made some mistakes inside the 20-yard line and didn't have Austin Watson in that game as well due to a, a contact tracing situation. But he's back now, and, uh, you know, he's one of the best out there. He won't miss. He, his work ethics like very few uh, kickers in the in the state. So uh, he's he's reliable. So they, they really don't have any, any real uh, weaknesses to their game. And, and like I said, Columbus North, good program. They're 6-2. and two. Uh, but I think even they would admit they don't play the schedule that uh, you know Center Grove does. Tim Bless has been there a long time. We know the the Bless family, uh, Mark at Avon. They've they've you know that family great uh, coaching pedigree and they'll be ready to go. 
I just don't think they'll have the horses to uh, to beat Center Grove on uh, Friday night. Uh, and like we could see, you know, kind of looking ahead as we as we did in the other uh, quadrant there, we, you know, you could see Lawrence North uh, Center Grove again in the regional, and that that would be interesting. Uh, to, you know, to see how those teams would match up again, and I, I think. You know, Center Grove would probably have a better first half. Maybe Lawrence North would have a better second half, you know, if they meet again. So, you know, you kind of look down the road at what the games could be. And, uh, you know, there's still possible matchups for Center Grove with, with either Carmel or Brownsburg or, you know, whoever comes out of that grouping in the semi-state. So not ready to crown the, the uh, Trojans just yet, but uh, I think they go in with a pretty good uh, solid number one on their back, and uh, they'll be the target for everybody here moving forward. No, absolutely, and this was a team that many thought were going to win last year after the run that they made during the playoffs. They looked real strong. Some people had them as the favorites against the Carmel Greyhounds last year, Lucas Oil, but like I said, it, 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 it is tough to win a state title in the state of Indiana. It is, it is not easy. Uh, the road may be a little easy, but once you get to Lucas Oil, you got to win. you got to find a way to win, and uh, there are going to be some big-time opponents getting a second look, possibly, against Center Grove on the way there. So uh, it's a team that definitely still has its work cut out for them, but I think it's still the favorite, obviously. Well, speaking of Lucas Oil, I know uh, Westfield and, and Jake Gilbert, I saw them you know, back in the preseason against Ben Davis, and, and you know they were – you know, in the huddle, you know, talking about this is, you know, this is the start to where we hope to get to, and maybe we'll see Center Grove at Lucas Oil uh, Thanksgiving weekend. And you know, after they lost that first game of the year, I was kind of wondering uh, what what I what I was looking at. But uh, they lost they lost a really good Cathedral team. Since then, they have not lost a game. They they beat good opponents, uh, a lot of them very handily. They beat Brownsburg in overtime. Uh, then the next week beat Avon, you know, by 26 points and have handled their business throughout the year. Uh, we've talked about it, Logan, previously on this podcast, but you know they opened with Noblesville, who's who's two and seven. Uh, actually, gave Westfield a pretty good game earlier this year, 24 to 10. This is a much improved Noblesville team, kind of like Pike, where you know the 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 record may not indicate much improvement, but under Dave Sharp, they've they've definitely showed some. Uh, coming in with a two and seven record. Clearly, Westfield the favorite here, uh, and then on the other side of sectional four, you have HSC at Fishers, another rivalry game. Uh, Fishers has kind of fallen fallen on hard times a little bit this year, but again, a rivalry game. You never know. HSC six and two, uh, and you would give them the uh, the nod there most likely. But you know, as I look at this sectional, Logan, I think Westfield's the best team in it. Uh, they may be the best team on the north side of the bracket uh, when you look beyond uh, just this sectional, and I would probably favor them to uh, to be to be standing there at the end at Lucas Oil facing whoever comes out of the south. No, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, you you don't have to be a, a football savant to see the progression that Westfield was making the last couple of years. We say on this podcast multiple times, watch out for Westfield. I remember last year, watch out, watch out for them. They're they're coming, they're lurking in the shadows right now. That's not their time yet, but watch out because they're. They're on their way. And sure enough, that's exactly where we are right now. I mean, with that, that one loss to maybe the best team in 5A in Cathedral, a team that, you know, took the possible best team in the state to the very end, I mean, it, not, not a bad resume. Not a bad resume at all. Westfield uh, looks like a team that could be representing, uh, you know, the, the four sectionals class or class 6A down at Lucas Oil Stadium for coming from that north side. Uh, you never know, though, with Hamilton Southeastern and Fishers, that game is going to be fun. I mean, uh, it looks like Hamilton Southeastern would have a little bit of an advantage to have a little bit better season as well. Uh, they figure things out with first-time coach there. But, uh, when, like I said, when you got to face a team twice throughout a year, it's never easy. And you always see. I mean, there's always there's always upsets in sections. We always see some teams uh, drop out. And with this year and how everything has gone, you just never know. But Westfield's definitely the favorite. They're done – even necessarily look like a team uh, from the north. Sometimes you get a, a Penn or or a Maryville or someone that looks like they could be all right. Uh, we there, there just doesn't seem to be a team that I have seen at least that looks like they could play at the level that Westfield could at their best. Yeah, I think probably what you would see is is probably Homestead. You know, assuming Westfield gets through this sectional, whoever gets through it, uh, Homestead and Carroll are probably the next best uh, teams that in it, or they are the the best teams in the sectional three. That would be the uh, the regional assignment for whoever comes out of that Westfield sectional, and those are two two teams that have traditionally been pretty strong. Uh, Homestead beat uh, Carroll earlier this season. 
but again, you know, I, I would think the strength of schedule for Westfield, uh, they've they've seen teams as good as as those two. And then up in the uh, you know sectional one, the showdown game there will be probably Lafayette Jeff against Merrillville uh, going against each other. Lafayette Jeff is nine and zero this year, and uh, Merrillville their only loss so far this year they came down to Chittard and lost uh, forty five to twenty eight. And uh, they had been undefeated up to that point. That's their only loss, seven and one. And then Elkhart is in sectional two, and they're seven and zero. Oh. But again, they've only played. You know, they beat Penn by one point, uh, but they've only played two six A opponents, and one of them was Columbus East, which by enrollment is not even six A. So it's hard to gauge. You know, and it's nothing against those teams. And I, you know, I had some Elkhart people, you know, kind of tweeting at me after I posted my ballot for for six A and had them, I think ninth or you know somewhere in there. And uh, it's not nothing against them. It's just the strength of schedule. It's not. It's maybe nothing you can even do about it. But it's hard to gauge uh, when you're only playing a couple of six A opponents. <laughs> so uh, that's just that's just how it is. And uh, try to you know consider who's playing who and what the what the schedules look like when you when you post rankings and not just go by wins and losses because it doesn't always tell you the full story. But uh, but Elkhart's been a cool story because it is a it's a consolidated school now. There was two uh, two five A schools now, and they've come together and had a great year. And uh, credit to them uh, to get to this point to be to be seven and zero. Uh, but again, I you know looking at all those teams, there are some teams that I think could give Westfield a, a good challenge or HSC or whoever comes out of that sectional four. Uh, but again, I, especially if it's Lafayette Jeff or you know Merrillville, I think that could be a, a, a potential stumbling block there, uh, even Elkhart or Homestead. But, uh, but even still, I kind of like Westfield and, and they're just so balanced. You know, they run the ball. Well, uh, Mason Peening, their receiver is, is just really, really good. Micah Hauser at running back, uh, Popeye Williams on the, on the defensive line. So it's not just kind of one area where they're good. They're kind of, they're, they're just all around a really good team. Jake Gilbert, of course, uh, does a great job there. So, uh, I, that'll be another kind of storyline as we go forward. Is is how does how does the north half shake out without uh, Carmel being in there? No, absolutely. And, and it seems like on the north side, there's always just a couple players that you got to keep your eye on uh, throughout. And if one of those players goes down, you know, if, they, if one of those by players, I mean one of the big time teams, if one of the, if one of them get upset, it opens the whole region up. So uh, you know, if Westfield were to lose to Noblesville, I mean Noblesville played them tough the first time. If they don't get out of sectionals. That north side just feels completely wide open. Yeah, it could get crazy uh, this year, and, and it's I think it's kind of fun. You know, you got a different alignment this year, at least for this one year with uh, Carmel being on the south side of the bracket. Uh, I'm sure Brownsburg not thrilled with that, but uh, but <laughs> but regardless, it's fun for us to watch uh, kind of a different route uh, for teams to get there. But uh, so you know, we move on now. Take a quick look at at five A and five A. Like I mentioned, they, it did start. Uh, officially last week, uh, Decatur Central in uh, sectional 13, they defeated uh, Terre Haute North. Uh, that was the only game locally in 5A. They won that one 27-7 to uh, over Terre Haute North. Decatur Central, uh, probably the, or definitely the second best team, I would say, in that sectional 13. Uh, but uh, Cathedral sitting there, uh, you know, they, they've only got the uh, one loss on the season, 8-1. and one. Uh, to Center Grove, and uh, you know, talking to Bill Peoples after that game, he said, you know, there are some, you know, we feel like there's some five A teams out there that can that can beat us on a given night. Probably in that in that uh, grouping is Decatur Central. Like I mentioned, they're uh, traditionally been strong here under Kyle Enright. They actually beat Cathedral two years ago and made it all the way to the state championship game, and uh, they come in seven and two. You know, battle tested. They play a good schedule. They actually played Center Grove earlier this year. Uh, in the first game of the season. So, uh, you know, they play Plainfield this week. That's the opening game for Decatur Central, or opening game for Plainfield, I should say. And uh, they played each other earlier this season. Uh, Decatur Central won that 35-20. to And uh, Cathedral goes to Tarot South. Tarot South 2-7 and seven, uh, should be a uh, Cathedral victory, but uh, you have to go do it. But you know, I think the interesting game here, Logan, would be Cathedral and Decatur Central. Those teams know each other well. Uh, good talent, obviously, on both sides of the ball. But, again, I think this year uh, specifically, I think Cathedral probably would have the upper hand. But Decatur Central, one of those teams out there in 5A that has enough athleticism and talent to, to give uh, Cathedral a good ball game. No, you're absolutely right. And peak at the right moment as well. I mean, that's a Decatur Central team that's gotten close a couple times. And, 
I think, have a really good shot of, of getting it again and could possibly be, you know, uh, ranking-wise, like the second-best team in Class 5A. Yeah. I mean, it, it's a team that was able to actually get, you know, nine games in this year as well, which is something to be said for. So uh, I, I think that's the matchup we're all waiting for, or those two, obviously, it's not given. Uh, but that could definitely be a matchup. And uh, looking ahead, there's some there's some other teams in, in the south side of that, of that bracket that could always uh, force one of them to stumble. Yeah, and to jump up quick, too, on the north side of 5A, uh, another interesting kind of a one-year scenario most likely is Zionsville playing back in 5A after they won a 6A sectional last year, upset Brownsburg in the sectional final. Uh, they moved back to 5A, and I think they're a team, too. They're only 4-5 and five so far this year, uh, but they play Harrison in the first game of sectional 12. Uh, probably the next best team in that sectional. So this will be, a, a, I think, an even game. Uh, Harrison comes in at 6-3. Uh, and three. Uh, Zionsville's record misleading because they play almost almost all 6-8 teams, if not all. So uh, they're a good team. They're calling Price at running back. They've, they've got a really a strong offense. Uh, and I think this will be a, you know, this will be their toughest opponent most likely. Uh, they, got, they got well uh, last week. They beat Fishers 38-7. Uh, after losing three games in a row to uh, to really solid opponents all the way, HSC, Brownsburg, and Avon, so no shame in in those three losses. But you know, again, this is a, a Zionsville team, kind of quietly because they are four and five. But uh, you know, this is a, another team that could make a pretty deep tournament run uh, this year in five A. No, you're absolutely right, and, and playing that, that tougher competition and now getting dropped down to 5A, this is a, a team that has the experience and has the talent that's needed. Now, their road is definitely a little tougher. Like you said, they have Harrison from West Lafayette. That, that's a team that uh, could could win that sectional as well. And looking ahead, you have a couple teams that you might meet in regionals and semi-state and, and Dwanger and yeah. Alpo, which are two historically strong football schools that are having great years as well this year. So uh, the, road is, the road is not easy just because you got dropped to 5A. Uh, might might even be just a little tougher at this point. Yeah, this Dwanger, Dwanger, that's a good point because Dwanger, this has been one of their better teams they've had here recently, and they're, they're always good. Uh, but their only loss this year was to Homestead in a triple overtime game. So uh, Dwanger will be tough. Zionsville-Dwanger would be a really interesting regional game perhaps. But, uh, you know, first Zionsville has to get by Harrison. And I know Terry Peebles at Harrison you know, has, has done a great job building that program up. Uh, that'll be one of the better uh, first-round sectional games uh, coming up on Friday night. The other game in that one is, is Kokomo and McCutcheon uh, on that side. Kokomo 4-3, and three, McCutcheon at 3-6. and six. That game is at Kokomo. Uh, so we talked about sectional 13 with Cathedral and Decatur Central and Plainfield. Uh, and then, Logan, I think one of the more interesting sectional fields as well is sectional 14, uh, where you have Franklin 3-5, and five, at uh, two-time defending champ New Pal, uh, seven and one, and then on the other side, Seymour three and six against Whiteland, and you know Whiteland is seven and one. I had a chance to see him play uh, earlier this season when they beat Mooresville uh, in a great game, forty-one thirty-five in overtime was it was a fantastic uh, battle back and forth. Uh, Chase Valentine, the running back, is is uh, one of the hardest running running backs I've seen this year. He kind of much smaller than uh, uh, Carson Steele, but kind of runs like him. Just always legs moving, always churning. Uh, his offensive lineman called him the Tasmanian Devil. The, w- the way he runs, <laughs> I think there's some some truth to that. He just never, you can never kind of get him to the ground. But uh, but I think that you know potentially seeing Whiteland Newpal, I would probably even favor Whiteland if those two teams end up playing each other. They probably should uh, based on the matchups. I think Franklin probably a little bit better than Seymour uh, when you look at those two two matchups for those teams. But, you know, I think next week, Logan, that could be a great matchup. New Pal, Whiteland playing each other. Uh, and I know, you know, New Pal so hard to beat. They're kind of like Center Grove where you just have to almost beat them like, you know, three different times during a game to knock them out. They're just so used to winning. Uh, but I think Whiteland may have the team this year under Darren Fisher that, that can get it done. No, Whiteland definitely looks the part and being a really tough Mooresville team is not easy to do. I mean, uh, it's a team that, I think actually has something legitimately for the two-time state champs, but uh, I think it's weird just looking at, at a record and seeing New Pal at 7-1. I yeah. mean, usually they're <laughs> undefeated, and I'm not used to a regular season loss. What's going on here? I mean, uh, but but those two teams look like on a crash course for a sectional championship. Uh, I, I think I agree with you. Whiteland uh, definitely have, they have the guys to get it done. 
but New Pal is. They are just so tough to beat. They beat you in multiple ways throughout a game, and, and uh, they're still the champs. They still have that moxie to them. Yeah, definitely. Uh, that'll be that would be a really really interesting game. I, I'm sure Kyle Ralph will have a great game plan, and I'm sure Darren Fisher will as well. He's done a great job at Whiteland for a long long time, uh, and have a ton of respect. I'm sure those two have a ton of respect for each other uh, through the years. So that'd be that'd be a great game. Assuming that happens, like I said, uh, New Pal would have to get by Franklin first, and uh, Whiteland against a, a Seymour team that's been improving as well. Uh, but uh, definitely I think those two probably the favorites uh, to meet each other in sectional 14. The winner of that uh, would play the winner of sectional 13, which is the uh, the one we talked about earlier with Cathedral and Decatur Central. So uh, some good matchups there. And a handful of teams I think that could give Cathedral a good game. I would still say Cathedral uh, ahead above everybody else in Class 5A. And, and uh, I think by even by going and losing to Center Grove and playing them as tough as they did, uh, that did nothing to dissuade me from thinking they're they're a state championship favorite. No, not not at all. And then Class Four A Logan, I'm not gonna you know spend a ton of time uh, on. Uh, we we already have seen these teams. A lot of them, have, all of them actually have played already one game uh, this past week. Mount Vernon uh, in sectional 21 in Class Four A, they will go to Pendleton Heights. This was a tough game earlier this season for Mount Vernon. Uh, a close game. Pendleton Heights is seven and three, and uh, you know coming off a really solid win last week against an improving Greenfield Central team, uh, forty-two to six. Jed Richmond, uh, of course, we know him from uh, his days at Lawrence Central, and then uh, Mike Kirshner, of course, from Mount Vernon uh, at uh, Ben Davis. So two former Mick coaches going at it, and those two programs have been really good. This is maybe the year that uh, Mount Vernon, you know, they're ten and zero, ranked number one. Uh, certainly the favorite in this sectional, I would say. And uh, a team that can really do some damage, I think, beyond the uh, even the sectional this year. Well, I mean, I, I, doing, I just come out and say, Class 4A, if you ask who's your favorite, you know, I don't know. I mean, there's so many teams. There are yeah. so many teams that could win Class 4A. It always seems to be the wild card class that it feels like there is just anybody. There's never really a true giant. If there was that this year, it might be Mount Vernon. Mount Vernon, you know, with Coach Kirshner coming over, getting that win over New Pal, that statement win uh, that really let people know that they were kind of maybe the team to beat this year. Had a good game with Pilton Heights already. I mean, this is this is a team that uh, would more than likely be the favorite, but there are plenty of stumbling blocks along the way. I mean, this is not a foregone conclusion that it feels like, you know, we're just going to see them at Lucas Oil. Uh, with a first-round matchup in Pilton Heights, you're looking down the line, there's still – Ron Colley, Mooresville, and Evansville team. I mean, there's there's plenty of stumbling blocks and teams that can get it done. Yeah, that's uh, 4A is always a lot of fun. I agree. It's 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 more wide open, it seems like, than a lot of other classes. And, and mentioning that as well, you touched on Ron Colley. Uh, they're eight and one. Uh, Aiden Leffler this past week uh, broke the all-time passing record. Uh, he's over 3,400 yards on his career. Uh, thanks to Rob Brown for that uh, info, but that that is a record that has stood since the 1970s at Ron Colley. So uh, Leffler still has another year or two. He's only a junior. Uh, they go to Beach Grove, sectional 22. Beach Grove seven and three. They're a dangerous team, uh, but I like Ron Colley to come out of there with a win. Western eight and one. They're at Lebanon. That's the other sectional 22 semifinal. And then down in sectional 23. Uh, Mooresville nine and one. Mentioned them earlier. They're only lost to Whiteland. Uh, they one of the biggest games of the week. They play uh, East Central eight and two, and uh, they they were barely beaten by Ron Colley a couple weeks ago. So, uh, really interesting game there. Two teams that are ranked in the top five in the Class Four A. Uh, Greenwood, the other side of that one, five and four. They go to Martinsville four and six, and then uh, down in sectional twenty four two, kind of lurking. Whoever comes out of that twenty three. Uh, could have to play Evansville Central, which is 10-0 and and has been uh, really good and highly ranked all season long. So, like you mentioned, Logan, a lot of good teams in, in 4A. Uh, that looks to be one of the more wide open. Hard to pick a, a winner in 4A. Uh, down in 3A, I think you can kind of pick, uh, you know, who you would pick. Uh, Bishop Chittard would be that team at 8-1. and Their only loss is to Cathedral. So, Chittard looking strong. Uh, they will play Garen Catholic. Maybe the upset of the week last week, they beat West Lafayette. 20 to 18 uh, at home. Now they play a Chittard team that uh, handled them pretty pretty easily uh, earlier this season. Yorktown and Burbuff Jesuit on the, are on the other side of that uh, sectional 28 bracket, uh, but certainly Logan Chittard looks like the uh, the team to beat in uh, Class 3A. And there's always this 
cluster here in Class 3A, specifically in Sectional 28. That is always fun. I mean, in the recent years with with with, with West Lafayette, my goodness, <laughs> down there, uh, and Garen Catholic, uh, those are teams that have always been able to, to get it done in the past, but it still runs through Chittard. I mean, that's still the team to be. It seems like we always take out, you know, a couple of top ten teams in those first two weeks of sectionals right there just because, uh, you know, you get maybe the best team coming through in Chittard. But uh, those teams always meet with Wild Report Buff Jesuit down there as well. I mean, always tough teams that could make runs in the in the playoffs. But when you run into, like you said, the favorite, it's always a little tougher there. Now there's still some teams out there that could always do some damage in Class 3A, but it definitely feels like uh, Chittard is – maybe looking for another state title this year. Yeah, certainly. Burbuff would be, you know, they played them tough in the first game of the year, and Burbuff 4-4, four and four, uh, probably better than their record indicates. The other side, you know, you, that's the north side of 3A. Uh, on the south side, it's it's kind of wide open, and it played out this way last year. Danville is 7-0 and in uh, sectional 29. They play Ritter at Marion on uh, Friday. Ritter having a good year. They're 6-2. and two. That should be a really good game. And then I, like I said, I mentioned at the top of the the program, uh, Tri West eight and two. They go to Greencastle six and four. Uh, Tri West, I thought played really well, uh, assuming they can get some of the couple guys back. Bryce Hendershot and uh, Garrett Cora both went out of that game uh, late in the game with injuries, and uh, that would definitely play a factor. They may be able to get past Greencastle. Uh, okay, but you know you need all hands on deck probably to beat Danville, a team that that beat them twenty eight seven earlier this season. Uh, assuming Danville can get past Ritter, so that's a, that's a good sectional there. <clears throat> and I mentioned, you know, it's kind of wide open. I, I Danville made a run last year uh, to the semi-state coming out of uh, that sectional, so you know you don't have uh, Chittard in your in your way there on the uh, south side of the bracket. Uh, Danville did eventually run up against Heritage Hills in the semi-state and, and lost last season, but you know they were only eight and six last year. They they might be better this year. They're seven and zero. Oh. Uh, going into this one under first-year coach Jamie Comer, and uh, again, I think Danville, you know, they they have a chance to uh, to make a make a good run here on the south side of that bracket. No, they definitely do. It's a team that we had our eye on from the beginning of the year, and they're uh, you know one of the teams that has been able to deliver uh, as well on, on kind of the idea that they were going to be one of the top teams, and uh, it's definitely going to be tough. Ritter's not not going to be a pushover. Try West as well. That is who they end up seeing for that sectional championship. Uh, it's never going to be easy, but I think Danville's still one of those teams that, that should be a favorite, and uh, we could definitely see at Lucas Oil Stadium uh, coming from that south side. And then uh, to, d- moving down to two-way, Western Boone, the two-time defending champs, still still alive and probably the favorite in sectional 37. Uh, they will host North Putnam uh, this week and then would probably meet Seeger, who they Seeger plays Cascade uh, this week. Probably meet Seeger in the sectional championship. Sectional 38, Heritage Christian, they're 7-2. and two. They host Northeastern this week. And then the other side of that bracket, Cecina 4-4 four and four against Shenandoah. That would be a really good game. Uh, Heritage Christian trying to win the sectional again. They, they did it last year, uh, trying to get through that sectional 38 again. And then uh, Triton Central, sectional 39, very winnable sectional for uh, the Tigers under Tim Abel. They're 8-1 uh, uh, and one this season, and uh, Triton Central – has really been, uh, you know, playing well uh, throughout this year. Their only loss was to Lutheran uh, by a touchdown earlier this season. Lutheran in Class One A, and uh, to mention that they Lutheran plays Sheridan this week in Sectional Forty Six uh, at Sheridan, and Park Tudor and Covenant Christian uh, at Covenant. At, uh, actually, that's at uh, Zionsville West. Uh, Covenant Christian's home field there, so Covenant Christian ten and zero, and uh, Lutheran eight and one. That's that would shape up as a huge game next week in in one A, and uh, you know that kind of wraps up what we'll see this week uh, locally. Also, Traders Point in sectional forty two, they go to uh, Clinton Prairie uh, three and seven this week. So, uh, and again, you you kind of touched on it, Logan. We'll kind of find out. It's only Monday as we record this, but uh, you know there were seven teams last week that had to, to had to cancel. Uh, basically those are no contest games and the other team just advances. There's no win added to your schedule or forefoot or anything like that, but, uh, same, same, uh, same thing, I guess. But, uh, you know, so seven teams, you know, kind of looking at the seven of them, none of them were Peru was the only team with a winning record out of those seven. And, uh, they probably were not a, you know, even a sectional uh, favorite or anything like that, but still nonetheless, you know, sad for those kids that have, that aren't able to play and uh, see their season through to the end. 
And who knows what this week will bring. We'll probably have a, a few more at, at the very least. You know, the, uh, the infection numbers are getting worse at last check, so it kind of seems inevitable that it will affect uh, high school football. But uh, you hate to see it happen, uh, but I think we've talked about it since the beginning. Uh, this is kind of where it becomes inevitable, unfortunately. And, you know, you just, you just hope, it's, you hope it's limited as much as possible and, and uh, you know, teams that – you know, have a legitimate chance and, and uh, you know, are able to play. Hopefully they are able to play. Absolutely. And you want for those for those, those kids to be able to, to leave it all out on the field one last time, win or lose, whether your season ends right then and there, at least you had a chance and you had a say in it. You know, you, you never want it just to, to be a no contest before you didn't even get a chance to play that final game that you knew was – could possibly be your final game. I mean, that that's what always is the worst about it. It's it's one of the best things, and, and, the, and, and what some would argue, maybe one of the worst things about Indiana high school football is that everybody makes the tournament, and to not even get a chance to to have that hope and that dream of, of working your way to a state championship or a sectional championship or whatever your your goals were for that season, uh, it, it just really stinks for, for the for the student-athletes. Yeah, it definitely does. And, yeah, I was talking to Connor Fruits, the Indian Creek running back, after they lost to uh, Tri-West, and, you know, he, he had a comment, and it, it's just about, you know, it's just – he's like, you know, you, you work your whole life and, and – uh, you know, as a kid, you know, coming up, you're kind of everything's geared towards playing high school football, and then it's over. You know, and it, he's like, "Man, this sucks." You know, <laughs> but but at the same time, he also said, "You know, we didn't know if we'd even be able to play three months ago." You know, and I think you know he kind of, as an 18 year old kid, kind of put it in a good perspective. I thought of of you know, yeah, it sucks, it's over, but at least we got to get out here and play 10 games. And Indian Creek played a full schedule, and there's a lot to be said for that. And I think it, it, definitely he was appreciative of it, but uh, but also the finality. You kind of forget, you know, covering this. I've been doing this for 20 years now, and, and uh, you know, it's the the finality of it. I know my I'll, I'll still be covering a game next week, but for a lot of these kids, this is the end of the line, and uh, everything you've kind of put into it uh, comes to comes to some closure at this point, and uh, at least you know you, you hope that they're able to get out there and compete, and that's what it's all about. And uh, you're not stuck quarantining and having to uh, just miss it completely but it's inevitable i think and we knew that going into it it just if it's you <laughs> obviously it's more uh, personal and more crushing a uh, blow but uh logan i appreciate you coming on i'd like to do this again next week and uh and take a look at the sectional championship games and and kind of go over what we saw this past week it looks like a great slate of games and uh you know again hoping everybody can play that's able to and uh looking forward to seeing what comes out of this week Absolutely. I'm just so happy we're, we've made it to sectionals. We're still playing football, and hopefully we can continue this fun because it is, it is so awesome getting back to high school football. Hey, thanks again for joining us, and appreciate it. Uh, appreciate you coming on, Logan.